Hello, I'm Steve Ashley, back with another Hot Pipes for your enjoyment. I'll start today's show with a review of the San Diego Convention highlight CDs, which are now available for purchase. The convention was light on venues, with just two theatre and one concert organ, but it's the music that counts, and there was plenty of that to fill the two-CD set. Dave Wickram's concert on the 426 Robert Morton in the Balboa Theatre provided this rousing samba, The Parrot. Thank you. 
the other theatre pipe organ features was the 424 Wurlitzer in the Trinity Presbyterian Church, Spring Valley, owned by the Theatre Organ Society of San Diego. Artists presented there were Jonas Norwell, Ryoki Yamaguchi from Tokyo, and the local lad from Los Angeles, Mark Herman. Described in 1924 as a novelette foxtrot and composed by Bernard Barnes, here's Mark's Dainty Miss. Jonas Norwell was originally to play the Aeolian Quimby organ in St Paul's Episcopal Cathedral, but like the Copley Symphony Hall, it was undergoing renovations, so the concert was transferred to the Trinity Church. There are five tracks from Jonas on CD1, including this charming valse bluet by Ricardo Drigo, which dates from 1906. Unusually, all of the Trinity recordings were made via the organ playback system to enable optimum placement of the microphones in a quiet auditorium. Thank you. 
The 473 Austin in the Sprackles Organ Pavilion in Balboa Park was the featured concert on the first evening of the main convention, somewhat of a challenge to record outdoors, with planes flying into San Diego Airport every few minutes. Relatively close miking up high in front of the chambers achieved remarkably noise-free results, as you'll hear on Gilardi Eddington's arrangement of Leroy Anderson's A Trumpeter's Lullaby.
Ryoki Yamaguchi with Kurt Bile's September song from his concert on the Trinity Church Wurlitzer, one of his four tracks on CD2. Ryoki started his music studies on piano at age four, then adding Hammond two years later, but it wasn't until he was 19 that his interest in pipe organs blossomed. He is a world-renowned artist on concert organs, but he also embraces jazz, pop and theatre styles on his concert tours. The San Diego Convention had more than its fair share of last-minute problems. Altstone was scheduled to play the finale concert on the Balboa Robert Morton, but came down with the Covid virus shortly before he was due to travel. His place was taken most ably by the convention MC Ken Double, who has five selections on this double CD release, the finale of which is Julie Stein's Everything's Coming Up Roses.
Regrettably, I had to miss this year's event in San Diego, but as post-production engineer, I do get to hear all of the performances, as well as write and design the cover notes. There's a total of 29 tracks with around 140 minutes of entertainment on the two highlight CDs, a mixture of the well- and lesser-known repertoire from seven top-flight artists, but there's only a limited number for sale from the ATOS, for which there's a link on today's playlist. The artists also have copies for sale, so be sure to ask at their next concert. Highly recommended, of course. The second part of today's show is a tribute to the late Jim Riggs, who many of you will know died on October the 3rd. He had suffered from various health issues all of his life, and he bravely decided to let his chronic kidney disease take its course rather than seek kidney transplants. I was privileged to speak at length with him by phone sometime after I produced Hot Pipes 287, which featured concert selections which he didn't release commercially. I was inspired by his fortitude, but greatly saddened, of course, by his decision. He had no regrets, having had, in his words, a wonderful life, full of great experiences. Today's tribute continues the theme of 287, along with some commercial tracks from his releases.
Jim's signature Paramount On Parade from his Paramount Oakland CD of the same name, followed by You Started Me Dreaming, a 1936 hit for the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra, a selection from a 1982 concert on the 315 Wurlitzer in the Avenue Theatre, San Francisco. That track and a number to follow come courtesy of Matthias Bombal in San Francisco, who is digitising a huge collection of recordings passed on to him from the NorCal archives. Jim's artistic influences included Jesse Crawford, Jim Rosevere and Sidney Torch, and his recreation of the latter's most famous recordings were a highlight of his concerts. Dance of the Blue Marinettes was one of only two Torch arrangements that Jim recorded commercially.
from his Real Rhythm LP featuring the 313 Wurlitzer Hybrid in the Grand Lake Theatre, Dance of the Blue Marinettes, released in 1985. In October the following year, Jim played a concert for the HUS Regional Convention on the 420 Wurlitzer in the Paramount Theatre Denver, which fortunately was digitally recorded in its entirety by the late Jack O'Neill. One of the selections was his wistful, languid arrangement of Rogers and Hart's Blue Moon, taking full advantage of the organ's acoustics and gorgeous voicings.
1987, again in October, NorCal and the Castro San Francisco hosted Jim Riggs for a concert entitled Music from Musical Theatre and More. It was also digitally recorded, in this instance by Bruce Gorky. The ageing DAT tape had a few digital glitches, but fortunately not for this medley of George and Ira Gershwin's Fascinating Rhythm and Oh Lady Be Good.
Just ten months before Jim Rosevere died in 1988, at the age of 46, the two Jims combined for a concert on the dual console Wurlitzer in the Paramount Oakland, and once again, musical magic was created. Matthias Bombal had some technical challenges with the transfer of Bill Schlotter's recording, since the original had been edited to remove some announcements and applause, resulting in the abrupt start to this duet of Leroy Anderson's Bell of the Ball.
Shallow Waters, a lesser-known 1938 composition of the British pianist Billy Mayle, recorded in concert on the 416 Wurlitzer of the Government State Theatre Kilburn, London, in May 1993. That was on the occasion of the Cinema Organ Society's 40th anniversary celebrations. And my thanks to Thomas Closer in Germany for sending me a copy of that event. While Jim Riggs started his career during the pizza era, I have few recordings of him playing those instruments, just two in fact. I played a track from a private recording in 1982 in the short-lived Tucson Organ Stop Pizza on show 287, but I also have a concert taping by Jack O'Neill on the 313 Wurlitzer in the oldie pizza joint San Lorenzo Village, dating from May 2001. Now there's plenty of atmosphere on this jazzy arrangement of by Mia Bistushan, although I've managed to reduce the background chatter with some processing. conversation I had with Jim on the phone, it transpired that he was rather surprised at the variety of styles he played in his concerts, and that my podcast had given him some new insights into his career. Thankfully, for the most part, Jim was very happy with the material that I chose, with only an occasional wince at something he didn't like, which is perfectly normal for professional artists. In 1996, Jim again visited Europe, this time including a trip to Bray am Rhein in Germany, to play for Ralph Crampen on his 3-7 Compton from the Regal Putney to London. There's some slight distortion on this selection of making whoopee due to tape ageing, but I think it's worth including as a fine example of Jim's handling of a very different instrument from that which he normally played. (laughs) 
The 421 New York Paramount Studio Wurlitzer was reinstalled in the Bay Theatre Seal Beach, California by Dick Loderhouse, who enlarged it to 50 ranks, which by all accounts was way too large for the small theatre. While no recording can fully capture the experience of being there, the close miking on this track of The Girlfriend of the Whirling Dervish by Harry Warren from Jim's January 2002 concert demonstrates at least some of the instrument's power. The piece is topped off with a few bars of By the Beautiful Sea. I close up the uh, first half, and I'm going to do a little request here. I hadn't planned on doing this, but it's a cute piece. Was it Phil, who's the president of the LA chapter? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so he had asked, uh, are you planning on doing our, uh, the, she's the girlfriend of the whirling dervish? And I said, well, no, I really hadn't planned on it, but it's an easy one to do. So uh, from one of my favorite cartoons, Polar Pals with Porky Pig. Young. <laughs> <laughs> Polar Pals, yes, look it up. Um, and he sang this. Um, she's the girl. No, no, that, that's singing in the bathtub, sorry. That's another one. No, th- this is um, Alibaba, Alibaba Bound, I think. Uh, it, was, it was also a Porky Pig. Um, a Warner's cartoon from about 1946, I think. And he sang, uh, She's the, the girlfriend of the Whirling Dervish. Thank you. 
Back to Jim's commercial releases for the last two items today. As a six-year-old, Jim was introduced to the player piano which his parents had purchased and he loved running it, watching the roll as it passed the tracker bar. At 13, he heard his first words a theatre organ and his immediate impression was that it was like a player piano, only better. On his The Perfect Combination CD, released in 2008, he combined those two loves to produce magical duets using the Ampico reproducing piano and the Wurlitzer in the Little River studio Wichita. The pianist on It Happened in Monterey is Victor Arden, playing under the pseudonym Louis Fuix.
Jim had a second CD planned, but sadly it never transpired. He did tell me, though, that there were some unreleased recordings which would be made available to me, so stay tuned. Jim's singing in the bathtub CD, featuring the 421 Wallets in the Alabama Theatre Birmingham, was released the same year as his first Paramount Oakland CD, 1989. The performance, selections and technical quality on the recording are second to none, and perfectly capture Jim's joyous approach to music on theatre pipes. It's hard to select one track from the 12, but one of my favourites is the opening number, Singing in the Bathtub. Going through a mountain of recordings for this tribute, I yet again have been stunned by Jim's innate understanding of the pieces he chose to play and his ability to communicate his love of melody and rhythm to his concert audiences. While some may dismiss the music of the jazz era as being irrelevant to today's audiences, it is supremely suited to multiple keyboards and air through pipes. Jim was unapologetic for presenting such music, and rightly so, and our entertainment niche has been vastly enhanced by his talents. He was house organist for the Oakland Paramount for some 20 years and was associated with a number of other top-flight venues, and you could not fail to be uplifted by one of his performances. Jim's decision to let nature take its course must have been very distressing for his wife Tina and his daughters, 
and to them I offer my heartfelt condolences. Rest in peace, Jim Riggs. My thanks again to Matthias Bombal and Thomas Closer for the concert material. Until next time, which will of course be the Christmas show, this is goodbye from Steve Ashley and Hot Pipes. (laughs) 